Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you. Get woke. Folks, MIP is now COVID free, meaning free to all subscribers as we navigate this pandemic. We're thinking about everyone and we've got to get through this together. So for a limited time, no fee to subscribe to make it plain on your favorite podcast app. Folks, once again, it's that time of month. We check in at the beginning of the month with our dear friend, the chief economist at the Center on Budget. We'll take a look at the uh, latest jobs numbers the headlines may still be a bit misleading especially if you don't include february uh and chad always takes us back to reality in all these conversations chad stone joins us now and make it plain chad how are you buddy i'm pretty good mark um i hope you are too yep hanging in here man um so the the numbers from the Friday report, um, how many jobs were actually added? So there were a million private sector jobs added in August. Um, and there were also 3 million government jobs, but most of those, well over 200,000 of them, or hiring for temporary jobs, hiring for the census. So, if, so in the past in the past two months, there have been census hires that have distorted the government figures. Because if you look at state and local governments, they're down. Uh, they they had a they had a small change um, this month, but compare with February, just before the 
economy tanked and, and COVID broke out all over the place. Um, the, since, since then, state and local governments are down a million jobs. And over 40% of those are education-related jobs, right. teachers, um, custodians, um, all, um, college, college teachers, state and local. Um, and that, that's a serious problem because, I mean, and, and that's, a, that's a result of the fact that state and local governments saw their revenues disappear when the economy began to tank. Yeah, yeah. And because they have balanced budget requirements, they can't just borrow. They have to find ways to cut. And that's, that's what these job cuts are about. And it's, that's why, that's why we're, we, we, we at the center and many others have been arguing that it's really important for the Congress and the president to provide more aid to the states. There's lots of things they should be doing. That's one of the most important. Another, another, another really important thing is that there's still a lot of unemployed people and that federal bump to unemployment insurance benefits has been gone for a month now. And so people are on greatly reduced unemployment payments. 10.7 million fewer private sector jobs. And as you mentioned, 1.1 million fewer state and local jobs since all of this kind of started in February. That's right. Um, um, you mentioned education. I wonder if those will go up in the next month since some schools are reopening, I guess. I don't know. I mean, at least, at least even if you have schools reopening virtually, that doesn't affect the custodial, the physical jobs in school buildings, but it ought to have an impact on teacher jobs, I guess, or no? Um, yes. Um, I, um, I did a very poor job last time I was on talking about seasonal adjustment, <laughs> but um, that, 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 <laughs> That that particularly applies to um, to the to education jobs. That in the summer when people get laid off, and then in the fall when they get hired back again, there's a normal pattern. Right. And so, in an, in normal circumstances, you'd want to adjust for that normal pattern, so you knew what was different. This particular in, in so what, what was different this year in a month where there's normally a big drop off. Was the drop off bigger or smaller? And in September when there's normally an increase, we'll want to look at whether that increase is bigger or smaller. And it's very likely to be smaller because there's not going to be that much openings. So yes, the raw numbers will, will show an increase, um, but, um, but not, not dramatic and, and, and fewer than the increase that we would normally get in September would be my expectation. So, um, Next, next month, we'll have another discussion of seasonal adjustment. <laughs> Most job losses have occurred in industries. And just for the record, Chad has written a whole piece on this, but it's also a Twitter thread at Chad CBPP on Twitter, Chad CBPP. You, you should really check this out. Most job losses have occurred in industries that pay low average wages where a disproportionate number of workers are uh, people of color. Um, and, and you and I have talked about that throughout this period. One, either 
uh, low average pay jobs, workers of color not being able to get jobs, or I don't know what's worse, low average pay jobs, um, workers of color in industries most susceptible to COVID. See, you don't have a job or you're working in a job in a service industry where you're more likely to be exposed. Right. There's, there's all that going on. So the, the particular analysis that you're citing, uh, we did at, at the center. And we looked at industries in February and we ranked them, we ranked the number of employees in them by the average wages paid in each of those industries. So we didn't look at individual people, but then we divided that ranking into roughly equal thirds. And so we had, so there's a chart that shows that the third of people who are in industries that paid the lowest paid jobs, they had 51% of the job losses when they're only a third, they're less than a third of the people. And it's just the people you're talking about. For example, we might later talk about the, um, the employment to population ratio, the share of the public with a job. But in looking at those figures, you see that there's, there was a big, big drop in employment among Latino women in March and April. And there was a bit of a comeback in the months after that. And we know what industries they were working in. They were working in hospitality and all. And it, for black women, similar problems, similar, a similar phenomenon. And so just, just what you're describing. They were exposed to the illness right. and they lost their jobs. Some of those jobs have come back, but every category you can think of is below where we were in February. And, and that's without the, the unemployment, um, the full unemployment benefits, as you mentioned. So people are having to navigate that without the proper extension and the proper amount. Okay. Um, so here's some other news, bad news. Chad's got a lot of bad news today, y'all. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> now, you, you all might want to... Right, of course. That's right. Right. <laughs> you might want to fasten your seatbelt for this one. Workers without a bachelor's degree have suffered the uh, largest job losses. The number of people aged 25 and over with a job fell by 6.7% between February and August but losses were much less severe among those with a bachelor's degree. So a lot of the people we just described, some of them probably don't even have bachelor's degrees. So that compounds it uh, even further. Um, and then this, and then the 25 and over population, well, that's a lot of people. Um, and their heart is hit too. But I guess what you're saying is where some have degrees, that's a little bit of a, Yes, the statistics that get published every month that are most readily available are for 25 and older, because by then you've, you've probably, there's lots of adults that still go back and get more education. But for the most part, you're, you're in the workforce and you've, com you've largely completed your education. That's why 25 and over. And as, as you say, if you have a bachelor's degree, job losses among people with a bachelor's degree were a much smaller percentage of them uh, lost lost their jobs, and then and then there, there's a there's a increasing hierarchy of job losses. If you go to people who are high school graduates with some college, they've had a bigger amount. If you go to high school graduates, thirteen point one percent less than high school. Yeah. If you if if you go if you go if you go uh, high, high school, what you just mentioned, high school, 
no college, 10.9%. Some college, I'm sorry, negative 10.9%. And in some college, it's a negative 8%. Yeah. And, and of course, for the, for the, now that it's only about uh, 4% of, uh, of, say, I'm sorry, 6% of workers, but without high school degree, they got really clobbered. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, folks, and, and and what we also have here too, and this goes back to what we were saying earlier: unemployment was higher for Black and Hispanic workers before the crisis, and has been more ever since then. This speaks to the historical pattern that we discussed last month. Correct. Right. Yeah, that's correct. And in the early stages, when the job losses were biggest and the unemployment rate went up the most in March and April, the ratio of black unemployment to white unemployment shrank, but the percentage points increase was bigger for blacks and for Hispanics than for, for whites. But we've talked before about the, the historical two to one ratio, and we're almost back to that now. Mm-hmm. white unemployment are around seven and the uh and the black unemployment over 13. yeah that's that is almost two to one isn't it yeah that that, that ratio has been marching up because we also talked about last time i think that um the white un- unemployment starts to come white unemployment starts to come down faster when the economy starts to come back even 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 a little bit then and, the, and it takes much longer for the black unemployment to start to come down um, it, it persists, may even be going up longer into recovery. So it's, it's come down some from, from April, but the white unemployment rate has come down much more than the black unemployment rate. Um, and, and again, some of this is attributable to what we were saying er- earlier, the low-wage service industry jobs um, that are disproportionately um, where disproportionate numbers of black and Hispanic workers work. So that's part of the reason too, isn't it? And then if you start talking about the the education level, um, all of that adds up. And so there's overlap between uh, race uh, and ethnicity, service industry and education. All of those things kind of overlap together, don't they? Right, and lurking in the background is America's long history of denying opportunity or impeding opportunity. And uh, I think we talked last time as well about the fact that it's harder to get a job and and you're more likely to to lose it for reasons not related to your job skills or or anything like that uh, if you're black than if you're white. And that's that's a a pattern and we we know about that. Yeah, yeah. So you don't resolve, as you say in your piece, the labor market remains in deep trouble. That doesn't get fixed really until you address all of these issues and disparities, does it? Well, the the long-standing disparities and the sources of those long-standing disparities do have to get fixed. Um, but we we do know that if you get a strong recovery and the, and the economy gets back to closer to full employment, the unemployment rate for everybody comes down and black and Hispanic unemployment rates 
in February were near historic lows, even though they were still higher than, than white. So there's, there's the fact that in absolute number of jobs, you want a strong economy. But in terms of the relative unemployment that remains among, among um, white, white workers and, and workers of color, that disparity um, doesn't go away without, without structural changes. But trying to get, trying, getting more assistance to states, to unemployed workers, SNAP, SNAP benefits to, to people who are struggling to get by, all of that puts money into the economy that speeds the recovery as long as it's not being held back by the health concerns due to COVID and the inadequate response to that. Yeah. So we got, we, got a lot, we got a lot going on. And yeah, it's, and it's overwhelming because again, there is no indication that, that an end to COVID is in sight, Chad. So that's, that's the first thing, you know, to be honest about it. And, and I mean, that has less to do with economics. It's just, they don't have the cure. Um, uh, this country is behind in terms of dealing with it. Other parts of the world in Europe have reopened because they locked down hard early, did what they had to do. America hasn't, and to some extent still isn't doing everything it should do. Uh, we're beyond the effectiveness of contact tracing. It's so widespread, it wouldn't even make a difference. So you got that out there. Um, and then you've got the um, decreased amount of, of benefits, unemployment, or what have you, to stimulate the economy. And like you said, so you're trying to stimulate an economy with fewer resources in the midst of a pandemic. Um, this is not a good economic situation, <laughs> is it? Right, it, right, it's not. Um, it's, it's really important to recognize that just because the economic indicators are improving, as, as, as my blog post says, there's a big hole still. Yeah. And there's a lot of hardship. And we should be relieving that hardship, even if it's not going to stimulate the economy in the short run, because people are hurting. And, and it will stimulate the economy in the short run, because people will spend the money. There are things they can spend money on. First of all, they'll pay their rent. They'll pay their bills. They'll buy groceries. True. And, and if they're cutting back on all those things, that's bad for the landlord, that's bad for the grocer, that's bad for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So we would still, this would still classify as a recession? Well, that's, that's an interesting definitional question. <laughs> so technically, when we talk about business cycles, we talk about an expansion phase and a contraction phase. Mm -hmm. And the contraction phase is when economic activity is actually contracting and unemployment is going up and economic activity is shrinking. That's not where we are now. Economic activity is expanding to some extent and unemployment is coming down. We have more jobs than we had in April. And so technically we're, we're probably in the expansion phase unless things go so wrong that we fall back before that really gets going. For human beings, you can still call it a recession. We call it, we call it the Great Recession a recession long past June 2009 when it officially ended. But there's this technical economic terminology of expansions and contractions. 
and there's there's the there's the perception of people when when things aren't going well um that's that's an economic slump whether you call it a recession or not it's mm -hmm. not it's not a strong economy so yeah we're still we're still waiting to 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 get back to a point where we can say we have a strong economy we are not there is there a point we get to when some of the people you've described who are being hardest hit by this um, could just be lost forever? Well, forever's a long time, um, but maybe. For sure, we're already starting to see because, because unemployment spells are lengthening that we're, gonna, we're seeing an increase in long-term unemployment, which was a phenomenon in the Great Recession that lasted a very long time that we had, we had um, historically high long-term unemployed, by which we mean people who are unemployed for more than 27 weeks, more than half a year. Um, a much larger percentage of the population in the Great Recession, at the worst of it, was, unemplo was unemployed for 26 weeks or, or 27 weeks or more, I should say. Um, and the risk of long-term unemployment, which is already on the rise again, um, is real. And some of those people uh, will never come back. They'll take early retirement, they'll go on disability. Um, it's, it's hard to get back into the labor force if you go on disability because of the way the rules work. And right. in a strong economy and with employers that are desperate for workers and want to accommodate people, it's easier for people with disabilities to hold on to jobs. And in a rough economy, if you've gone on disability, Social Security disability insurance I'm talking about primarily. Um, coming back is, is really hard, especially if there's not a lot of jobs there and, and, and employers can pick and choose. So yes, there will, be, there will be some people disappearing from the labor force. And the other problem is that the longer you're unemployed, it, we, the, the phrase we use is that, is that workers' um, skills erode. That's not strictly true, but the, the demands of the job change they're not they're not staying up with the latest developments um so in in some way they're 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 um they're going to be losing in the competition for jobs because because and and there's a stigma to having been unemployed a long time even if it had nothing even if it was not your fault at all and yeah. you were one of many millions so all those things um are damaged that lasts beyond when the when the recovery starts and and, and gets to the point to your point about um, people are at a minimum going to find it harder to get back in to the labor force for all these reasons. Whether they're permanently lost is another matter, but some will be. You mentioned disability. I, I wonder if COVID itself might end up being a disability. You know, because we're finding people who are uh, permanently affected health wise in some cases so i mean I don't, and, and absolutely uh, i mean that that's um i don't know if it's underappreciated but um you're, you're absolutely right that um COVID attacks the heart the yeah. lungs maybe your brain and that's why on so many death certificates there are multiple causes yeah. something's not everyone seems to understand percentage of population with or without a job what was that in february again compared to today Ooh, i'll have to <laughs> whoops you don't, you don't 
you don't think about that all hours of the day so you can have a memorized. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't have it I don't have it in front of me. It's 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 it, it it's okay. in the it's in the tweet thread. But 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 it it went up dramatically. Uh I'm sorry, it went down dramatically for um for whites. For, for white workers, for black workers, and for Hispanic workers in March and April. And it has come only partway back. And guess what? There are racial disparities in the share of population with a job as well. It had been in the 60, 60-something, I bet I forget. The percentage of the population with a job was in the 60s? Uh, back back in, the good, in the good days. That's what I mean, right, right. Which which was significant a significant comeback from the recession itself. Yes. yes. I remember when it was in the fifties. Yeah. It, yes. I forget it, how low it got. In a in a recession, um, well, actually, actually, in, in April it got low. In April of this year, it got lower than at any time in the Great Recession, if I remember right. Uh, it got into the it got it got to all it got to about fifty. In the Great Recession, it got into the fifties, yeah. um, and it, and it's it's a regular phenomenon in recessions that, that it goes down. The reason to look at that is that when you in order to be counted as unemployed, you have to be actively looking for a job. Yeah. You have to answer. Yeah. You, know, you have to answer the survey, <laughs> not. <laughs> People who answer the survey, which is sixty some thousand people every month, um, representative of the population. Um, if, so, so if you're someone who um, is laid off and is doesn't have a definite doesn't definitely expect to be recalled to your old job, and you're not looking for work, then you're not counted as unemployed. But you may well say, "I want a job," and you may mean it, um, and you may have looked sporadically earlier. So, so you don't have a job. So you show up in the employment to population ratio as, I mean, you're absent from employment in the employment to population ratio, um, but you don't show up in the unemployment rate because you're not in the labor force and you're not unemployed. So, so the, the uh, employment to population ratio or the, or the percentage of the, of the relevant population with a job is um, uh, a better indicator of, of how much, uh, how tight or how slack the labor market is than the unemployment rate. But the unemployment rate is something that people understand more readily, yeah. even, though, even though they don't, even though they don't understand it <laughs> because of, because of the technical characteristics. Right. It's, it's in closer proximity. It's closer to get to. Yeah. It's something, something they get. Yeah. All right, folks. So on the tweet thread and the article links to the article as well, at centeronbudget.org, six signs that the labor market remains in deep trouble by the chief economist of the centeronbudget.org, our friend and brother, Chad Stone. Chad, thank you. Hopefully there'll be some more good news one of these days. Uh, yeah. We are, you and I are, are veterans of the Great Recession. That's right. And we're not, we got the economy out of that eventually, didn't we? Wait, we did that. We did that. Now we're in another recession. We have to work harder. I know. I know. Stop these things from happening. Something's got to be done. All right, buddy. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. All right, you too. God, you are our refuge. Send our ancestors to guard our doors. Cast out this virus from our communities and our bodies. Heal, bless, and protect everyone listening and their loved ones. 
Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.